Hey, what's going on? Stokely from Sauce on the Lake. I got my mic charged up now. A little bit. Yeah, it's on. Um, I don't really have much to say, man. You know, um, you know, if we could, if we, if we did the right thing every time, if we did what was right, not what you feel is right, but what is right, what, um, then we would be with the angels. You know, the world would be a much better place. It'd be a much more strict and difficult and rigid place. But hey, that's the price for freedom. Well, that's the consequence of, you know, I think, I don't know who it is. It may, might be Benjamin Franklin, but there's a guy that says, whoever gives up freedom for security doesn't deserve either one. So we could have um, more security. We could be more a more safe environment, but it would compromise your freedom. For example, when Mayor Bloomberg uh, established that there would be a, a tax on sugary drinks and that restaurants would have to publish how many trans fats are in their meals, people were like, oh, he's, he's the nanny mayor. Oh, he's trying to control us. But guess what? Mayor Bloomberg did that because he knew that diabetes was dangerous. He knew that these trans fats, you know, well, I don't know what's trans fat, but he knew that these greases, these oils, these omega-6s were making us sick. He knew that from a long time. He knew that 20 years ago. Mayor Bloomberg knew that 20 years ago. He was way ahead of his time. So he imposed what you know what we call sin tax like the taxes on tobacco or the taxes on alcohol these things who that damage our kidneys damage our lungs sin tax you know you're gonna commit a sin you're gonna harm yourself we're gonna put a tax on it to hopefully try to deter you from doing it or since you're gonna do it anyway because it's so addictive we're gonna profit off of it we're gonna benefit society because we're gonna we're gonna pro, we're gonna bring in revenue to society for that. But guess what? When you look at it, when people end up like you know, like I talk about generation poverty and lack of education causes you to have a shorter lifespan and all these other things. Um, if somebody develops diabetes, that's a drag on their whole family. It's not just a drag on them. When somebody develops lung cancer, it's not a drag on just them. It's a drag on their family. It's a drag on their productivity. It's also a drag on public resources. Because, especially in New York City, and this is a thing I just heard on the Anton Daniels show, which is true. Oh, hospitals have to treat you when you show up at the hospital, irrespective of whether you have the ability to pay or not. That's why a lot of hospitals in the poorer communities close and move away because now they have to get funding from the government to cover those costs and those costs, those payments aren't at, you know, really competitive rates. They're not really at the interest. It's not, it's not, it's not giving the hospital the profits that they would like or the profits that would be necessary to please their shareholders 
and maybe even not even to keep the lights on. So having an unhealthy community puts a drag on not just the individual, not just their family, but also on the economy and on the public resources. And, um, you know, that was also brought up because the migrants are sick and many people need help and they show up at the hospital and the hospital has to treat them and you can't turn people away from treatment. So that, that, that cost gets put on the taxpayer. So, um, but what I'm saying is that Mayor Bloomberg put these restrictions on the sugars and on the, and on the cooking oils and all of that stuff. And people saw it as invasion of, the pri- of privacy, which it is. But the perspective that he's coming from is that, listen, you don't know how to take care of yourself. You're not taking care of yourself. I'm going to take the power back. I'm going to take control and I'm going to help you. I'm going to take over control and I'm going to help you. It's like a lifeguard saving somebody. You can't fillet your arms while the lifeguard is trying to save you. You need to just do what's best to help the lifeguard save you. You don't know how to swim. Apparently, you don't know how to feed yourself in a healthy way. You don't know how to stay away from alcohol. You don't know how to stay away from tobacco and, and, and marijuana. You don't know how to stay off of the crack. You don't know how to stay off the cocaine. You don't know how to stay off of all of these things. So the mayor or whatever, you know, the government steps in and says, listen, we're going to penalize you if you do these things. We're either going to, yeah, we're going to penalize you for doing all of these things that are unsustainable, you know? So it's like going back to that saying, whoever gives up their freedom for security deserves none. Well, I don't really agree with that per se. But which one is more important to you? Your security or your liberties? Now, if you take away your liberties, then you can't have any fun. But if you take away your security, you don't have any fun either. You know? I'm thinking about violent societies like El Salvador, where um, it's not that well, that's a little different because they just targeted the the, the, the gang members who were doing the crimes. They, they just specifically targeted them. They didn't oppress the whole nation. They didn't do things to everybody in the nation. But one thing I learned because I work with a guy who is, his family is from El Salvador. He doesn't have any tattoos, but his brother does. So when his brother shows up at the airport, and the customs in El Salvador see his tattoos, he has to go through a more invasive search and a more invasive vetting of what he's doing there, why he's there, where he's going, where he's coming from, and what he's affiliated with. So it takes away the liberty of people to really get tattoos then. Because if you have a tattoo in El Salvador, it's like, you know, are you a member of a gang? Are you a member of one of these violent gangs that we have to, um, you know, we had to neutralize in order to restore order in, in society? Are you a member of one of those gangs? So that removes somebody's liberty to get tattoos. 
Is that something so crazy? Is that something that's so necessary for you? Is it really necessary for you to get a tattoo? Or would you rather the society be safe, less murders, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, because we can easily identify those with tattoos as being members of gangs or gang affiliated. And those people get extra scrutiny just to make sure that they're on the up and up. So, you know, I don't believe in losing all your liberties. You know, there has to be a compromise. There has to be a compromise between, you know, you come halfway, they come this way. They come halfway, you know, or, you know, 25, 75, or whatever the case may be. In America, of course, you know, we have a little more liberty, thank God. And you can, um, you can do almost anything that you want. When it, I mean, when it it's not like Saudi Arabia where there's no alcohol, there's no marijuana use. I mean, I think a musician just got, um, uh, just got sentenced to some prison time for smoking marijuana in Saudi Arabia. You know, so that's a very dangerous thing to do. And then there was another lady in Saudi Arabia that started shouting at the hotel. And she had to pay a $20,000 fine. $20,000 US dollar fine for shouting and carrying on. So you lose some freedoms in society, but you don't have people running around shouting and just making a bunch of noise, disrupting everybody. You lose some freedom, but you don't have people, you know, offending your nose with their marijuana or whatever, if that's a big deal to you. And you don't have people... Uh, increased cases of schizophrenia, you know, etc. And regarding alcohol, then you probably have less cases of depression. You have less instances of drunk driving, zero, basically zero drunk driving. And, you know, all the ills that come from, you know, a lot of people having uh, kidney problems. You know, I need to look at that. I need to look at the health statistics. Of the South uh, of Saudi Arabia's population, I need to look at their health stats. You know, not everybody's walking around a rich guy in Saudi Arabia. Yes, they're a wealthy country. A lot of people go there from developing nations to work. But if they're banning alcohol, if they're banning drugs, you know, if they're, um, you know, so, you know, they're probably big on, um, uh, no extramarital reproductions. They're probably very big on that too. So I want to look at. I'm I'm gonna do yeah I'm gonna do maybe today when I go home, if I have some time, I'm gonna look into Saudi Arabia's health. The instances of cancer, the instances of domestic. Well, they're probably not gonna report domestic violence because whatever you know it's a. A patriarchal society, but um, I'm going to look into just basically their kidney health and their lung health and what else do they ban? Those are the two things that I can see. And also their, um, their poverty level. Their poverty level among the 
domestic, natural, natural-born, naturalized citizen, Saudi Arabians, not the migrants. Of course, people who are in the lower castes always suffer more than the natural-born, high-caste people. So I'm going to look into that. I'm going to look into um, that. But anyhow, all I wanted to say, I guess, you know, you give up your freedom for some different kind of freedom. Or you give up your safety for a different kind of safety. You give up your safety like you relinquish. You know, like in the old cowboy movies, what they used to do was when you come into the town, you turn your guns in to the sheriff. Because it's a different kind of world outside of the, the town versus inside of the town. Out in the wilderness, you need your gun. You know, out in the wilderness, you need your gun to, to shoot wolves and to catch a rabbit or shoot a rattlesnake or defend yourself from bandits. You know, that might try to rob you on the way between towns in a no man's land area where there's no law. But inside the town, you have to turn your guns in because inside the town, the sheriff is law. And that's how they talk, right? I'm the law of this town, you know? So he tries to address crime and keep crime down, keep the, the order, keep the peace. You know, just like in a place like New York City or any area that has a restrictive gun control policy. We have the NYPD, which is the seventh largest military in the world if they were a military force. So why do you need a gun? You don't need a gun. There's NYPD officer almost just like there's enough officers to, to to be on almost every third block or something like that. Something like that. Like almost every fifth block, there could be a police officer on the whole surface of New York City. Something to that effect. Right? So you're pretty safe. So you don't need to carry a weapon. So you can give up your right to carry a weapon because they're keeping you safe, theoretically. Of course, police can't prevent crime. They can only report crime and they can only investigate crime and they can catch criminals, but they can't really prevent crime sometimes. Sometimes they prevent crime, but most of the time they're doing investigations, they're doing cleanup, they're, they're chasing after guys um, after the fact. But they provide that sense of security, but at the same time, you have to give up your right to carry your six-shooter on your waist when you go into the saloon, <laughs> when you come into the New York City limits, you know? So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Why was I even talking about that? I really don't know. But um, there has to be a compromise. I'm willing to give up some freedoms for some security. Some people are not, some people are willing to say that they'll defend themselves and um, as a result they don't believe in giving up any of their freedoms because they can defend themselves now me I don't know I'm just a regular old civilian man. anyhow while others you know yeah so it's a compromise a little bit of freedom a little bit of security 
you know, so that's all I'm saying about that. I don't really have much to say. I don't even know why I came to talk about that, but I guess if I listen to this at the beginning, I'll figure out why I started talking about that, and then I'll regret that I didn't finish my thought. Um, just give me one second. Let me meditate for a little bit. So, yeah, so that's it. I guess that's it. I thank you for listening, and, you know, be safe out there. Um, you know, oh, yeah, the reason why I was kind of thinking about it is that we're reading a lot of news about crime and stuff like that that's going on. And, um, you know, huh, I feel like, yeah, what's the decision? There's a decision needs to be made when we're talking to these politicians, when we're talking to our representatives. Um, are we are we going to ask our representatives for more security? Are we going to ask our representatives for more freedom? You know, are we going to ask... Anyhow, um, it's complicated and it's political, so I don't want to get into politics. Um, but inside the city limits, that explains why inside the city. That's not what I intended to talk about, but I, I forgot what I was going to talk about. But that's why inside the city, inside big cities, it's not really permissible or convenient for people to have weapons. Because there's a significant amount of security already there. Um, now, while in more rural areas, you know, people want to have their their weapons. It's a tradition. It's probably more of a tradition at this point because the rural areas are pretty much safe. And you know, when you actually look into it, people who uh, many people perish from gun violence by just owning a weapon and having it in their house and it ends up being used against them so you know it's you know you got to calculate everything and look at the statistics and think about your situation and whether your home is safe and whether those people in your home are safe people to be around and you know whether you're willing to take that risk to say you know in the uh, blue moon movement of somebody breaking into my house, I'm going to use the weapon on them versus me having a disagreement with my family or a spouse and them using it on me. So anyhow, sorry to really end on a bad note, but I got to go.